On this episode of Plant Killers, we'll explore one nation's most notorious fruit and vegetable killer, bad dirt. What makes bad dirt so bad? The answer, the ingredients. But fear not, true crime enthusiasts. This story has a happy ending. New miracle Grow organic raised bed and garden soil. It's made with quality organic ingredients from upcycled green waste like compost and aged bark. Unlike the other guys who can't say the same. Looks like bad dirt's murdering days are over. Thanks to miracle Grow. Join us next time on Plant Killers. Hey guys, welcome to the Happy Hour Podcast with Jamie Ivey. I am your host, Jamie Ivey, and I just want to say thanks for joining us today. Um, You are listening to episode number 23, and today I have my two girlfriends, Becca Harris and Maris Bush. Becca and Maris spend a lot of time talking about adoption and specifically foster care. Becca has two boys that she adopted from the foster care system. Maris and her husband, Stephen, have two boys, one biological and one that they adopted domestically at birth. And then they have been foster parents throughout this year. And so we we talk a lot about foster care and what that looks like for them in their journey. We also talk a lot about Texas because Becca and I are Texas girls and Maris is a Tennessee girl. So we're trying to sway her over to the real UT, the University of Texas. I want to say thank you to someone that left a comment on iTunes. Uh, she said, I recently found Jamie's podcast. A friend introduced me to it. I binge listened to all of them in just a few days. Tuning in is like sitting down with some of your best girls that you just met. Jamie and her guests are always engaging and talking about real life stuff that you'd speak with your girlfriends about. I love listening while running errands, school drop off and cleaning. Thanks for a fun hour. And that's from Andrea. Andrea, that is exactly what I want the happy hour to be. I want it to be as if you're just sitting down with a bunch of girlfriends. So I'm glad you feel that way. Uh, the next comment is from Sybil, and she said, Thanks, Jamie, for letting me eavesdrop on such fun and inspirational conversations. These podcasts make my commute to work much more exciting. I especially love the book recommendations. I have a stack of to-be-read that never ends. Sybil, I love book recommendations, and so I love telling you about book recommendations as well. Today, we talk about a couple books in here that have to do with adoption and foster care. So if this is your world, I encourage you to check out these books. Guys, thanks for listening. I I love doing the happy hour. It's my most favorite thing I do all the time. And so thank you so much. Thanks for sharing with your friends. I love it when some of you stop me and say, hey, I listened to this episode and I loved it. I love your comments on my blog. I love your reviews on iTunes. Thank you for all of it because this is just fun. It's fun to share with you the people I get to talk with. So today... I am excited to share with you my friend Becca and Maris. You're going to love both of them dearly. And so here they are. Have a great day, guys. Welcome to the happy hour. Today, I have Becca and Maris. So, welcome. This is, I recorded the podcast around my dining room table yesterday. So, I need to tell you, y'all, the second live in-person podcast I've done. Most of them are on Skype. That is exciting. So welcome to my house. Um, Okay, so Becca, tell everyone who's listening who you are. Um, Like my whole life story? Well, you know, just a minute. (laughs) We don't need to go all the way back. I was born in 19... I'm just kidding. Uh, (laughs) Wow. (laughs) No, my name is Becca Harris, and I am an adopted mom to two teenage boys. They They just turned 14 and 17. That's so crazy. It is indeed crazy. So I have a freshman and a junior. Um, I am a children's director at the Austin Stone Community Church at our St. John campus and have been in Austin now for about seven years. 
So before that, worked at camp and um, all that fun stuff. So what camp? Give them a little shout out. Oh, Pine Cove Christian Camps. Love it. Love it. Worked there all through college. What was your camp name? Tatanka. Tatanka. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Because I went to Oklahoma Baptist University. OBU. And so our mascot's bison. So in Dances with Wolves, uh, if you're old enough to remember that movie, uh, he says Tatanka for bison. And then I worked with little kids, little tots. And so Tot Tonko is how I got that name. Oh, that's oh. cute. So. We've done Pine Cove a couple years, family camp. And still to this day, any, wherever I am, if someone's like, hey, I have an announcement. Inside, I start going, announcement, announcement, announcement. <laughs> yes. Yep. yep. It trains you. Every single time. Trains you. Yes. Yeah. I worked at Canacuck in college. And I always wish that I would have done more. I started... It was my last summer before I got married, so yeah. I, I couldn't really leave Aaron for a summer to go work at camp. But I loved it so much, I wish I would have started earlier. Yeah, it's it's really fun. Really stretching, but really, really fun. You have too. teenagers and looking for a summer job. Well, not teenagers, but college. Yeah, college. Yeah. It's the best thing yeah. I ever did. It's very, it's yeah, it's a very formative time, too. It's very it's really good. good. Yep. Um, okay. Thanks, Becca. Yeah. Maris. Yes. Tell us about you. I am married to this bearded man named Stephen Bush, and <laughs> he is bearded. Indeed, know him by that. Um, and then we have um, August, who is almost six, and we adopted him at birth. And then Wyatt, our little biological child. Um, and then we are currently fostering right now, with hopes to adopt again one day. Awesome. So, yes. Let's get up just a little bit. Okay. Okay, Maris, actually, you, I told you this the other day because we celebrated your birthday. Yes. At a great restaurant, which I'd never been before. Oh, love it. Salty South. Oh, yes. yeah. Oh, yeah. First it's time. Good. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I've been there for happy hour a few times. They have great deals. So yes. if you're coming to Austin, Salty South. Yeah. So um, what did I, oh, I had some kind of, what did I have? Like Brussels, that. Did you get the Brussels sprouts? Yes. We got yeah. Brussels sprouts as an appetizer, and then we got a Brussels sprout salad. You had the, didn't you get the pork shoulder, too? Yes. Oh. It's so oh. good. Yeah, yes. during happy hour, the Brussels sprouts are like half off or cheap I had or that pork shoulder I always right get like now. two. I, know. So uh, I told you this, Marish, you are my second oldest friend. Yes. That like, you know, that you, you have in your life. Yeah. Length yeah. of time. Yeah. yeah. My long oldest time. would be Amy, and you're my second oldest friend. Yeah. It's been a long time, like 10, 12 years. I yeah. don't even know. Well... Did I have Caden when we met? Yes. Yeah, he was a baby. Yep. So 10 years. 10 years. Yep. I know. Crazy. That's fun. We met when you started dating your husband, bearded yes. man, but he wasn't the bearded man then. No, he wasn't. How long has he, he had that to beard? He shave his legs and work in a tanning salon. Oh, he was going to love you for that. <laughs> I know. I just Follow him now on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, and he wasn't as bearded then, and then we got married, and then, like, he was the hairiest he had ever been. Like, long hair. Did he stop shaving his legs, or what? No. <laughs> he had, like, long hair, long beard, and then he started kind of looking a little homeless, and so, um, trimmed it back a little bit, and then, but, you know, the beard is something that I think will stay for the rest of our marriage and the rest of our life, so, yeah. It's kind of his, like, icon. Yeah, it's it just kind of is. Yeah. It kind of is. Does he comb it? Oh, it's a detailed process. We wash it. Well, we don't. But we wash it. <laughs> I know. I was like, get the hell. No, 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 no. That's, a, that's um, another podcast. Yeah, that's another one. How to help your husband's yeah. beard. Um, no, I mean, there's spray that goes on it. There's beard oil. Like This is more than I do to my hair. Comb. Yeah. Yes. Well, he doesn't have much hair on top as much okay, anymore. Yeah. So, you know, the beard has become the focus, I guess. You so. know, now that my hair is short, which I'm... Growing it out again, by the way, but as if you care. Um, but um, I don't really comb it a lot. Hmm. Like, I just got out of the shower just now, and yeah. I didn't comb it. 
and I'll let it air dry, and then I'll curl it with the curling iron. I don't That's even comb my hair anymore. Great. That's nice. That's bad? No. No. That means you've achieved success with your hair, I That's guess. That's like the best. <laughs> yeah. You've arrived. You've arrived. Your curly hair. haired people, yeah. though, can't really do yeah. that. So yeah. Much. If I don't comb it, it's, uh, well, it's a place for birds. <laughs> I don't comb it. So. It's kind of nest-like. Yes. Okay. I actually, that was actually a fear I have is that a bird will one day just be like, <laughs> oh and, and think that my hair is an object to nest in. Yes. So do you ever straighten your hair? Because my hair straightens hers. I do. Probably about once a year. It's just okay. down here and for my hair at least, down here in Austin is so humid yeah, that it's hard. it's hard to keep it straight with all that work. But I grew up in Denver and I straightened it all the time. Yeah. Up there. I didn't know you grew up in Denver. Yeah, I went to high school in Aurora, actually. So so how long have you been in Texas? Uh, well, let's see. After high school, I went to o- OBU, and then I worked at Pineco for four years, and then I've been here for seven. So I've been here 11 consecutive years, but I did, I was born in Texas. So okay, so you're a Texan. Yeah, oh yeah. See, I live in Texas farther. <laughs> I scared you for a moment. I did I scared scare you. you. <laughs> no, uh, I, I was barrier. <laughs> is that I am from Tennessee and will always be from Tennessee. Oh, that's so funny. No, I, I really was just like, Becca, I really thought you were one of us. <laughs> one of us. No, I just, I left for a few years and lived in like my, how my dad describes God's second favorite country. Oh, Colorado. Colorado. Okay. Uh, where the Texans go to vacation and then you come back. Um, so, Perfect. Yeah. I went to um, Colorado. I've always only been in the summer, I mean in the winter mm. for snow skiing. And then we went, I guess two summers ago in the summer. It was wonderful. Oh, the summer's the best time. The winter's fun if you're visiting. If you live there, you get tired of clearing your car oh, off. I can't and imagine. That, you know, there's no like snow days either because they're prepared for that. Stuff. Yeah, here in Austin, there's like a little bit of maybe sleet. You think if you squint real hard, you can see it, and they cancel yeah. school. Yeah. Yep. Oh, like Which, eight times last yeah, year. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't mind on the day, but then at the end of the year, you're like, why are we still in school? Mm-hmm, it's because yeah. we're adding them back. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. This is funny because I planned on us talking about something Texas related. So when you were sitting here telling me, I was like, I really thought that you were from Texas. <laughs> and so this is going to ruin my whole plan, but it's still going to work. It's, it'll work. Maris, Maris is from Tennessee. They have a school there that they call UT as well. Of course. The volunteers is the only UT that I ever knew growing up. And it's orange as well. And I hate them because Mm -hmm. I'm a huge Alabama fan, so I hate it. Oh, yeah, that's right. You're an Alabama fan. Yes. But you like Vanderbilt too, right? I love Vanderbilt. Shout out to the boys' baseball. They won the World Series this last year. Their football team's getting better and better too. Good. Exciting. Um, but Maris and I met when I lived in Tennessee and so it was like on her home turf Mm -hmm. and one of the funniest things I remember about, well, two things about Maris in Texas is mums. (laughs) Oh gosh. Oh. oh. Y'all don't do mums. I still cannot understand Come over in a few weeks. We'll be making one. We'll be making a mum. We helped with our Reagan girls. Yeah. Um, but I just, it still baffles me a little bit. We had it like a corsage. We did not have... And then those moms, I mean, when you're in high school, you save those. They're up on your wall mm-hmm. until your mom, till maybe you're, you know, like a sophomore or junior in college and wow. you kind of grow up. Yeah. You yeah. save those things. I mean, Dexter still has his garter that he got last year that he wore on the arm. Wow. And Did y'all do so... garters for the boys? We did. They had, no, they had wrist things, I think. No. The girls had wrist things? The girls had wrist things, and I think... The guys were something, I don't remember, this feels like forever ago, but I know we didn't do these crazy mom things. So funny. <laughs> Another story of marriage, we went to a Texas game once, and uh, oh, you know our song, The Eyes of Texas, uh-huh. and at the end it says, till Gabriel, Gabriel till blows, Gabriel his, blows horn. his horn, and she's always like, what? Why do you have to bring Gabriel into this Texas stuff? Because <laughs> we're Christian. Wow, you, you <laughs> 
you people really take this seriously. Texas is like as close as you'll get to heaven, you know? Hey, I agree. I don't know about that, but I really do start liking, I mean, I have started liking UT a little bit. I mean, this yeah. is UT. The University of Texas, yeah. Yes. Isn't there a bumper sticker that says, like, Texas is close to heaven or something? Or it's It's got to be. There's tons of bumper stickers. Like, I wasn't born in Texas, but I got here as fast, fast as, as I, I could. could. Mm-hmm. All kinds of stuff like that. Okay, so I saw this thing online. It said 14 things non-Texans just don't understand. So it's Beck and I against you, obviously. Oh, yeah. Of course. Okay, so the first one, I found this to be true when I lived in Tennessee. It says queso is not just melted cheese. Oh, good Lord. Yeah, when we were in Colorado, we could not find good Mexican food anywhere. No. Like, I took Steven to my favorite Mexican restaurant, and he is used to Popsitos. That's yeah. his favorite mm-hmm. Mexican restaurant. And so we went to Tennessee, and it's like, or we went, when we were in Tennessee, we went to our, my favorite one, and it was like in a hotel, and I can't even <laughs> remember what it's yeah. called. Yeah. And I mean, in Tennessee, I do love, let me stick up here a little okay, bit. Okay, you, can, you go, too, girl. Because some of it is like white goat cheese, like good. Okay. Like, but it's it's some. Mm-hmm. It's not. I didn't really know about yellow queso yeah. until I moved to Texas. Yeah. Art is different, yeah. though. It's, it is yeah. different. When you have Mexican food in other states, it's just like you should go someplace else. Yep. I mean, I don't want to, like, cheat on Tennessee or anything, but I really, really love and appreciate. My body has not appreciated Mexican food because I think I've gained about 10 pounds since it's I've been here. It's worth it, though. But it is mm-hmm. so worth it. It's just it is worth so it. good. So good. Maris, I think that you can claim that you can be Texan. You're going to die here forever. I mean, you'll I be Texan. Will, like, yes. Bury me we'll next to my see. husband underneath a tree in a small country town. We'll, we'll that sounds like a country here. song. I know. Right there. Right there. Write that down. <laughs> Bury me next to my husband <laughs> right next to that big yes. tree. Hey, we know a country band that could use something That's like right. that. That's so. right. What's their name? Uh, All, had All, no had, yeah. All Had No Cadillac. All Had No Cadillac. Okay, Cadillac. next is not all tacos are created equal. No. No. True statement. I'll put this link up online, but y'all can look at it here. There's a picture of, like, these amazing tacos and then, like, just a hard shell taco that you get at, like, Taco <laughs> Bell. Those are the ones I make at my house. Those are the ones that are made at, at Jamie Jamie's yeah. house. But you know, another thing is, like, breakfast tacos. Mm-hmm. Oh, so good. That's they don't really huge. exist outside of Texas. They I had Pop-Tarts. Burritos, yeah, but... I had Pop-Tarts yeah. in high school for breakfast. I don't know. But you know what? what? I grew up in Texas, and I don't remember this breakfast taco crave until I moved to Austin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. It is everywhere. Okay, the next thing is about people outside of Texas don't understand why we would brag about Bucky's bathrooms. Oh. Or just Bucky's in general. Thank I mean, you. they just, yeah, yeah it's, you, yeah. you can't understand it till you have been to one. So, Bucky's is a gas station, mm-hmm. but it has to be like two football lengths like long. I mean, it's like a, huge. It's the size of like a super Walmart. It's yeah. Walmart. It's huge. And are they only in Texas, I'm assuming? Yeah, as far as I know. I don't know. Okay. I, mean, I don't want to make that claim as, you know, someone get upset. Yeah. But I've only seen them in Texas. Yes. Let's say that. And if you see one, and you might have to go to the bathroom ever. They're the nicest, cleanest bathrooms. Yes. I mean, they have their own personal, like, door and walls that you can go in. And if you just need some privacy away from kids in the car, you can just go sit in there for a little while. That's it's not a nice sitting room. Uh-huh. That's nice. And then they have those... Um, those nut things. What are they like famous for? Oh, what are those called? Deer nut? No. No. Uh, I know what you're talking about. Uh, they're like, they're pretty big. No? Or little? Be- they're, uh, I've only, I actually haven't eaten them. I've only seen them in the bag. They're like, it's called beaver something because Bucky's a beaver. Bucky's a beaver, yes. yeah. So they have all kinds of stuff in there. Okay, the next one is um, how big the state is. It's huge. It's yes. huge. And I it think is. that people that don't live here don't understand that. Like when we drive, um, West, West, 
you, you could drive all day mm-hmm. and, and still, still be in Texas. Texas. If you're in Tennessee, you'd be like in Florida with the amount of time that you yes. spend going across. That's one Texas. of the reasons that Aaron and I moved to Tennessee is because he traveled so much. And so for him getting anywhere from Houston in a car took forever. But if you're in Nashville, you can get to almost anywhere mm-hmm. in the eastern side of the states in a day. I mean, I would like to think that you and Aaron moved to Tennessee because... You needed to grab me and bring me to Austin. Because God knew. God yeah, knew. it's true. Yeah. I know. You were going to fetch me. Y'all needed to fetch me and ring me there. Austin. Yeah. So, there you go. Okay, the next one is the way we pronounce certain words. Mm. So this should be like um, the street here, Guadalupe. Yes. Okay. Or Bernie, Texas. Mm-hmm. Because yes. it's spelled B-O-E-R-N-E. I'm saying it right. We yep. say Bernie, right? Yep. Yes. We say Bernie. And then... Um, all kinds of different words that, that we just say differently. Yes. Yeah. I can't think of any more. Well, one, you know, that most people, I don't think, no, it's just Texas, but uh, this was a big difference when I went to Colorado is we drink Coke here. Oh, everything. Everything's Coke. Everything's Whether you're Coke. having a Dr. Pepper, a Sprite, whatever. Uh-huh. And when I lived in Denver, it was for sure pop. Yeah, that's um, different. That sounds um, weird. What do y'all do in, t- in Tennessee? I think we say Coke. You do? Yeah. I think that's what it is. Yeah. Because then you say, I want a Coke, and then they say, what kind do you want? Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's... A, and then they say, I like a pop. a pop. Or soda. I mean, even soda doesn't seem as weird to me as a pop. Yeah. yeah. But. Um, they said that the next one is the valley. It's in South Texas, not in California. Mm-hmm. Some people say they're from the valley, yeah. and it's down by the border. You know, and not California. And then just the pride we have in our Texas state flag. Oh, yeah. It's everywhere. It's a, it's it's allowed to fly the same height as the uh, U.S. flag, which no other state flag is. That. Did you know that? <laughs> well, I didn't know that. Yeah. But you can learn all kinds of fun facts like that when you go to the state capitol. Yep. Mm-hmm. Which, which is also taller, taller than the U.S. capitol because thanks to the lady on top. I just put that little lady Have you there. been to this Texas State Capitol yet? No. Since you lived here? No. We should do that. Maris. Field trip. School age, age kids. Your kids will go yet. on field trips. Yeah. Okay. We've, we've, my parents were in town one time and we did a whole little tour. Mm. The kids actually really liked it too. We did even a Segway tour around the Capitol <gasps> on the outside. I want to do a Segway tour. Oh. It's really fun. Do you have to wear a helmet? Uh, yep. Okay. I might have crashed. Last actually. time, well, <laughs> we were going to buy that Groupon. Yeah, I think I that. did buy it and never used it. Well, I'm sorry. I think it was my fault because I was pregnant at the time and I was really pushing to still do the Segway tour, but nobody would let me do it pregnant. I wonder why. I know. <laughs> yeah, not a good idea. No. <laughs> yeah, especially if you crashed. Oh my yeah, gosh. well, it was because I was racing someone next yeah, to me. Oh, I, I was feeling very confident. If you've been on a Segway, it's not like... You have to like lean your body weight to make it go. That would make it hard. And so I was like me. leaning really far forward to zoom past her, and then I thought I would like do a spin move. Oh, that's but cool. when you go on a Segway, it's not like bicycle handles. That's what you're used to. That's what you kind of think it should be like. It's really how your body weight moves. And so instead of just like circling around, which is what I should have like twist, I tried to turn like a bicycle handle and I threw myself off. But what I, all I could think about was that the lady had said, don't let go of your Segway. <laughs> Because they'll run into a car. They go by themselves. So I'm spinning out of control, holding on with one hand to say, we had like tread marks on my leg oh, or whatever. Oh my gosh. And I did it right on South Congress, right in front of the Capitol. It's like not busy there at all. No. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure I'm on YouTube somewhere. That's it was so hilarious. It's on surveillance cameras. It was, yes. Yes. It is so Governor funny. Perry was probably watching it at night. Yeah. They're like, laughing. Look at this. <laughs> Here's the highlight for today. Yes. Have you ever seen Governor Perry around town? No. I don't know. I haven't. I haven't either. Does he live on the grounds? I would assume. I would think so. Like in the man- okay. mansion? In the mansion? Surely there's like, a mansion. Yeah. Okay, the Texas uh, state flag, my brother has it tattooed on him. 
Really? Lots of people do in Texas. I'm not surprised. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Either. Even my nervous. brother who lives in California because he's military, uh, they fly the California flag and the Texas flag at his house. Okay. Oh, really? True. Stays true. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know what? You got to stay where your roots are. Yep. You do, I guess. Right, Mary? Yes, sir. Oh. <laughs> If you don't know it, guys, I'm a Texas girl through and through. I've lived here most of my life. I was born here, and I love traveling. Here's why I love traveling throughout Texas, because it has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities, which means there's an infinite number of different travel experiences. And no two travelers are exactly alike, and it means that no two trips should be either. If you're a beach person, well, you can have fun under the sun with Texas's 350 miles of coastline. If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies cannot get enough of Texas's world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interest. Guys, come visit my state. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. They say plants like music. Yeah, no, like really, they they respond to the vibrations of it, which means that this playlist you're listening to, the plants are too. You know what else plants like? Organic soil from miracle Grow. It's made with all the best stuff like wood fiber and compost. Plus, it's OMRI certified organic, which officially means it's made with superior ingredients. And when you give your plants the stuff that makes them happy, they won't judge you on your iffy playlist. Hear that, plants? So go ahead and give them miracle Grow. So funny. Okay, so um, 
Both of you ladies have been through foster care. Well, she didn't even say that your boys came home via foster care, but well, they did. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And so uh, I just want to talk for a little bit about that, you know, just like share your story. People may be listening, interested in foster care, or maybe never even like known anyone that's done this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just want to ask you a couple questions and see, just share your story with everyone that might be listening about foster care. Um, so Becca... Yeah. Um, you're single. Mm-hmm. And you started thinking about adopting how long ago? Oh, gosh. It was probably the time you um, drove Karen Purvis around all weekend? No, it was oh, before that, that okay. actually. I love it was probably one. like six years ago. Remember we... Oh, we went to that we conference. We went together for Adoption Conference yeah, in did. Nashville. Yep. We all ventured back. That was um, the first one, right? I think so. I think so. Um, a bunch of us staff went mm-hmm. back, and I had kind of felt God like... Stirring my heart to get involved with orphan care. We sat in a session together. Mm-hmm. Yep. I remember mm-hmm. that on the floor. Yeah. there We had heard of, I was just trying to figure out what that would look like for me being single. And so I'd heard some about foster care and Jamie and I heard about this panel of people who were going to talk about foster care. And there was a woman in there who had graduated out of the system and was sharing her story. And it was so crowded in there. We had, we sat on the floor mm-hmm. and the Lord really used that to just kind of move me to get involved with, with foster care. And so I, you know, came back from that and started learning and you know, working to, to make sure I get out of debt, get, you know, get into a house, I could get in shape and that kind of stuff. And so, yeah. Oh, I remember when you were like getting out of debt and yeah. doing all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. before you move forward. Why was that important to you? Uh, well, I wanted to be, uh, well, I wanted to be in a financial situation to be able to support the kids. Okay, yeah. And if I was paying off that, I wouldn't be able to do that. So, um, so I moved in with some friends to do that. Um, but then I wanted to just take time to actually prepare, um, myself and I wanted to make sure I wasn't doing this to try to be some kind of savior mm-hmm. or yeah. that I wasn't just, you know, excited. And, and, um, so I wanted to take some time to, to prepare and prepare my community around me, um, which I would find out later would be essential to my survival. Um, but I wanted, you know, my family to be on board and I wanted uh, my friends and, and, and people around me to be on board too. So, okay. Yeah. And Maris, y'all, uh, did you say that your oldest son is adopted? I think so. Okay, your oldest son is adopted domestically. Mm-hmm. And so when you guys started thinking about kids again, why foster care? You know, when we adopted August, we went through Bethany Christian Services. It's in Nashville. It's an incredible organization. Um, mm-hmm. And I loved what they did. But I think foster care was something, well, one, we were dirt poor when we started that process. And God faithfully provided, like, every penny that we needed to adopt Augie. Um, but I think this time, you know, foster care is something that I've always been interested in, but scared to death of mm-hmm. because there's mm-hmm. crazy stories out there. You talk yeah. to somebody about it and all you hear is the crazy that yeah. happens in foster care, um, which it is crazy. Um, but it was something I was really afraid of. Um, and we knew, you know, with August, like he's our firstborn, but we knew that we did not want him to be the only one adopted mm-hmm. out of our family. And so we knew we wanted to adopt again and just have a heart. We live in a neighborhood, um, it is definitely multicultural and um, would love to, our family to kind of reflect our neighborhood. And it just felt like being a church that is a part of, you know, like being for the city, like it just felt like the next move for us yeah. um, to do that. So, and, and that was how long ago? Well, we knew we were going to foster and then had a situation come up that we, um, that was the spring, wasn't it? Yes. So we started, okay. yeah. So we started fostering in January. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. So Becca and Maris, both of y'all, when you first started 
deciding, like, I think I'm going to go foster care. What were some of the, like, because, like, when we first adopted, when we first started our adoption, we did a domestic adoption, which at the time was, like, crazy. and mm-hmm. the, Absolutely. It was so crazy for us. It was our yeah. first experience with adoption. You know, looking back now, it was totally different than when we adopted from Haiti. But at the time, it was new and crazy for us. And my grandma, oh, bless her, she'll never listen to this. But um, <laughs> she would tell me, like, I know my friend, her daughter's friend yeah. adopted a little boy and he was on drugs. Mm-hmm. So he was awful. So that's what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, oh, Mimi, listen, you know. Yeah. But, you know, so like did any of that, did any of that come towards you when, when you thought you're going to adopt through the foster care? Because foster care, it does have different reputations. Oh, yeah. You know, it within does. society, within the our country, our culture, churches, everything. So did you all face any of that? Like people's different people's opinions, yeah, or different our own people's fears. Yeah. No, not your own fears, okay. not your own fears, but other people. Did anyone try to like discourage you about ado- going through the foster care system? Uh, yeah, I think a lot of people, especially since I was single, um, which I think there is some value to you know making because sure of the unexpectedness is... and the yeah. Challenge I think they the were change. like, hey, you're wanting to be a single parent. Don't you think that's you know? I don't think God wants you to be a single parent. Um, you know, I actually remember when we were at that adoption conference. Um, Holland, one of our pastors pulled me aside and, and just encouraged me that, cause someone had said to me like that there's no, like that, that single people shouldn't adopt or whatever. And he was like, cause they said, it's not a picture of God's family. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, really questioned. I'm like, well, maybe that's right. Like maybe that's, you know, and he was like, Hey, you know, it's not, uh, it's sure. It's not God's perfect picture of family, but no one's a per- perfect picture of God's mm-hmm. family. And it's better that they be in a gospel believing home with someone who's faithfully following the Lord than not, mm-hmm. and then still bounce in the system. And that was really encouraging to me because then I was like, well, maybe I am doing this wrong. Like mm-hmm. if I, maybe I shouldn't do this. And not to say that, you know, just everyone should recklessly run to foster care. I think there's wisdom in making sure that it's the right thing. But, um, that was a big one that had, that was thrown at me, yeah. um, several times. And then there's always people concerned about race, you know, what are you going to do with their hair? How are you going to do that? What if you get, you know, are you going to, how are you going to culturally, keep their background mm-hmm. and all these things. And I mean, there's just a lot of things that I was like, I, I actually don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not opposed to those things. I, sure. I want to figure that out. Um, but they were like, well, you have figured out before you had, you know, and I was like, I don't think that's don't true. Think. Yeah. And so I got a lot of that. Yeah. I get more. And wait, just tell everyone. Cause they don't, they don't know you what race. Well, when you, were you open to any race? Uh-huh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. I was open to any race. Okay. Yeah. And both of my boys are, are half African American, half Caucasian. So like my deacon. Yeah. And your August. Yep. Um, okay. What about you, Maris? I get more pushback from um, not necessarily us adopting, I mean, us doing foster care, but for my kids. Like mm-hmm. I had a lady the other day say, well, I just could never do that to my kids because mm-hmm. they would get attached. And I'm like, well, yeah, my kids are getting attached too, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I think it's good. And I believe that it's just as much for their sanctification as it, as it is ours. And I want them to grow up in a house that... They look back and remember, hey, remember this this kid, you know, remember this. Like, I want them to already kind of have that um, mentality that we take care of people mm-hmm. that are, like, mm-hmm. in tough places yeah. right now, you yeah. know. And so um, I think – and it, and it does kind of make you feel guilty, like, oh, you're doing something awful to your kids by letting them attach to mm-hmm. kids and then they go away, you know. Um, but – we just know that that's not true, but yeah. I think it's more of people trying to protect my kids. Yeah, right. like right. I'm not doing a good job protecting. Right. Yeah, my most kids, people's you know? concern is out of yeah. concern for you or your family. Yeah, mm-hmm. I actually talked about uh, you, Maris, on Sunday. I don't know what I was. 
I don't know how I worked this in, but I was teaching on something and I talked about that whole thing about like bringing in kids and then them leaving and how does that affect your kids? And I really do. I agree with you. I feel like that the, if God has called your family to this life mm-hmm. and to, to minister to these kids who don't have a parent and minister to the, these kids in the midst between their families, that he's called your whole family to that mm-hmm. and that we have to trust God that he's faithful. And I do think too, like, oh, this is what I was talking about. I was talking about how for us as adults, we're like, okay, we can take on these struggles that we have in life. It was talking about the momentary struggles that it talks about. Because there's a glory ahead. Like, we mm-hmm. can do this now. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, we want to shield our kids yep. from those momentary struggles when there's an eternity of glory ahead of us. But I don't think that God really is... I mean, we do need to shield our kids. I'm right. not saying that. Y'all right, all know right. what I'm saying. Yes. But, man, when you bring a new baby home, it, your kid suffers. Yep. You know, when your uncle that lost his job comes to live with you, your family suffers. You know, everything can yeah. alter your family. So I agree. Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, we're promised that we are going to suffer, mm-hmm. you know, that there is going to be suffering in this world. And what a beautiful way to like learn how to kind of suffer in some ways with your kids inside your home. So yeah. they don't have to leave the nest and leave the house and then all of a sudden start experiencing suffering. You yeah. Know, and, and That's good. Time, so. Yeah. Um, you have this book here, Maris. It's called The Middle Mom yes. and it's by Christine Irwin. And I believe she's in Arkansas. Arkansas, Little Rock. And this is, if you are thinking about foster care, this is a fabulous book. I read it a couple of years ago and recommend it to everybody. But she said something in there that has, that totally changed my view of foster care. Um, and she said, you know, a lot of people, what they say, like how you said, people are concerned for your kids. A lot of people will say like, well, I just don't know if I could like, I would attach to all these kids Mm -hmm. and I, how could I love a kid and then them leave? Like, I just couldn't do it. And in the book, I believe it was in the book because it's the only book I've read on foster care. She said something like, of course I attach to every single one of these kids. She's like, but I'm a grown woman. So I need to be able to deal with my feelings and not let the feelings of like, oh, I would miss you. Then have me say no to helping someone out. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like a child needs a place to go. They need a foster family. Well, I think I'll be sad when they leave. So I'm going to say no. You know what I mean? Like, I just remember reading that like, man, that is profound. Mm -hmm. That as adults, we can't let our feelings of like, man, that would be really hard Mm -hmm. affect a kid's life. You know? Yeah. 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 So good. Because it's true. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. I mean, your boys went home. Yep. You know? Yeah. So speaking of that, Becca, give me like a little timeline and then I want to hear Marisher's too. Your boys came and then left and then came. So tell us about that. Which this is... Jana, the Cofields were over here yesterday, uh-huh. and this is their same story with Annie. I mean, yeah. they had her, and then she left, and then she came back. So yeah, um, so the boys moved in. Uh, gosh, almost three years ago. It was uh, nice. December of 2011, and uh, they were 11 and 14 at the time. <clears throat> and um, I had. Which, can we just say <laughs> an 11 year old and a 14 year old boy just like showed up at your house? Yes. And her yes. boys. Yes. People ask me what that first night was like, and I describe it a lot to working at camp. When the kids first arrive in your cabin and you're, like, doing all the tricks to, like, get to know them, Uh that is what our house was like um, for the first night or so. But, um, yeah, so they they moved in, and then they were with me um, sometime – they were with me till August. Sometime early that summer in June, we started finding out that their – one of the boys' biological dads was back in the picture – Uh, and wanted custody of them and he lived in Houston and so um, they had no choice like uh, they were going to move to Houston Um, and so we got a few more months that summer but they left the beginning of August Um, and it it was just as hard as what you fear Mm -hmm. Um, I remember my mom coming into town helping me 
uh, pack up the boys. And I remember like they, when they left, I just laid on the couch. The Olympics were on. I remember vividly. And I just laid there like all day. And because I was attached and I love them and I feared what was going to happen. I didn't, I wasn't sure about the situation because I didn't really know dad. I wasn't, Mm -hmm. didn't have a way to even keep a partnership with them other than like texting over the phone. And, um, I I mean, I've, I I was grieving. I mean, my mom had to help me like finish cleaning out the house and that kind of stuff. And, um, and so then things got a little better, um, as far as me healing, you know, I kept up with them or whatever, but things were kind of returning to, I guess what maybe you would call normal. And, um, then Somewhere in October, the boys started talking about... Okay, but time out. When they left, were you back? Like, okay, I'm back with my agency. I'm ready to foster again? No, I had a weird feeling about them being gone. And I was still grieving. So I did not feel like I could jump back in. I had a lot of uh, encouragement, too. A lot of people were like, hey, her, you know, the best thing is go ahead and start fostering again. Or, you know, like whatever. And I was like, I just don't feel like that's what God's having me do right now. Um, And that's because uh, I heard from the boys about October mid-October and they were having a miserable time and um, by December they uh, were removing them from the CPS was removing them from their dad's home um, and they um, called me and asked if they could come back and live with me and so they came back in December of 2012 almost the exact year to the date there was there was one day difference Mm -hmm. Um, and I knew that when they came back the second time that it was going to be kind of a forever deal and oddly enough I didn't really go into foster care wanting to adopt. I just thought I could help. Mm -hmm. And so I had to wrestle with the Lord on like, you really want me to adopt as a single? Like, you know, I feel like I was giving away all these dreams that I'd had Mm -hmm. by becoming a parent forever. And so, but then, I mean, that's what he did. And so they... Move back in with me, and then boys. And yeah. I'm not talking like God's like, hey, here's a sweet two year old. Yeah, you're gonna here's take on these boys that have experienced that... 11 and 14 years of trauma, right? Yeah. Um, and so they, yeah. So we adopted last November 7th, November 7th, 2013. So we're almost coming up on a year of adoption forever. So, mm-hmm. um, and it's been good. So they've been with me almost three years now, and um, we are still working through a lot mm-hmm. of things, uh, and I think we will be for yeah. a long time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's a little our timeline. I say all the time when people are like, you know, my kids have been home. Amos will be home. It'll be five years in January. And they're like, what is life like now? I was like, now I feel like that we're just like, we're just a regular normal family, just yeah. like everyone else. But we just have maybe different issues than you have at your house. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, but I feel like we're looking more and more. Well, I totally feel like we're just like a normal family. Yeah. Just our normal's different than yours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, Which I think is true for My might do different things family. than yours yeah. does yeah. when yeah. they're mad. Yeah. yeah. But that's just, you know, we're dealing with our own thing. Yeah. yeah. But it just feels normal. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. And I've never asked you this, and I don't know this may be personal. <laughs> oh, man. This may not ever make the podcast. Are you, do you feel like right now this is it for just you and the boys, or do you feel like this will happen again? That's a uh, real personal that question. That is a real personal question. You um, don't have to answer, and we can move no, on. No, I mean, I have toyed with the idea. I am not making any commitments, Caring Family Network. <laughs> don't um, call, yes. I know. Yeah, one of my sons... Um, just his trauma shows up a lot more in his life. We've got a lot more things to work through. So right now I could not, uh, I do not think I could bring in another yeah. um, kid, especially one that from foster care that has endured trauma. Mm-hmm. I just don't think I could properly parent either one of them. Um, and, but you know, in the next couple of years, maybe after I have one that goes off to college, which will, will be sooner rather than that later. So crazy. Um, and, um, and just one in the home then maybe, maybe, you know, possibly, or maybe after they're both old enough, you know, yeah. I would, I would do it all over again. Um, I am definitely open to that. Um, and I could even see some benefits, um, for my boys, mm-hmm. um, and, and, you know, kind of what Maris is saying, teaching them. To, to care for others and whatever. Once we're at a place where I feel like that can healthily happen, sure. 
um, with them, um, I would, I think I would totally do this Love it. again. Love so it. yeah, but again, that's not a commitment. Uh, <laughs> don't, don't call me on that. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Maris, you've had two sets. You've had two placements, two placements. both, um, siblings, mm-hmm. um, first two boys and then two girls. So walk us through quickly the first one and how that was. And then I want to talk about the last one. Yeah. So the first one, um, we had an eight-year-old boy and a three-year-old boy. Um, They were brothers, um, and it was hard um, just because of the nature of um, how the eight-year-old really knew what was going on. He was very Mm -hmm. cognitive of um, the fact that he had a lawyer, and he would be real quick to tell you that. And um, he knew, you know, like when we were going to court that, you know, that we would pray ahead of time of like, we're going to pray that God would, that God would move the judge's heart, you know, for him to go back to mom. And so he was very aware of what was going on and also treasured his mom. I mean, and we were actually, this was kind of a different situation, but we were actually in a place where we got to know his mom really well and loved his mom and wanted those boys to go back to his or to their mom. And, um, we're really seeking to help restore that family. And so, but it did not, it was not easy. Um, Mm -hmm. The eight-year-old, because of his love for his mom, um, I think a lot of the anger about his situation kind of came out towards me as a maternal figure in Mm -hmm. his life. Mm -hmm. Um, And he was very angry. um, As, I mean, you think about your own kids, how they're so used to normal, and then all of a sudden they're pulled from normal and put into a house with people that they don't even know mm-hmm. and expected to just start going to school and mm-hmm. living life. And there's a lot of anger that comes from that and trauma. Oh, my gosh, trauma. And so that was not a situation where I had cute, squishy kids that love me back. Um, and so I think it, that was like... And that was her first placement too. And so um, I had to do a lot of soul searching on that on that journey of like, why am I doing this? Am I getting? Am I doing this to get love back? You know, like what happens when I don't get loved? You mm-hmm. know, and mm-hmm. and I'm doing this, and I have a kid who's angry at the world, and you know, yelling at me, like what am I really doing this for? You know, and it, it left me, I would venture to say that I did not suffer, suffer well through that period of time. Um, but I think in the end, like God has restored that family. The boys went home to their mom a lot faster than what we thought they were going to go home. And, you know, they still come over and there's actually, they were over when we got the call about our next placement, they were over playing with our boys. And so I think like a lot of times that's another kind of stigmatism that people say a lot like, oh, well, the parents don't really like work for their kids, you know, or like all the parents are deadbeats. And that's not true. Like we got to really walk through this and, um, their mom worked her tail off to Mm -hmm. get her boys back. And so it was a beautiful, like, it was such an honor to be a part of that. Which that's what the foster care system, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. That's what it was set up for. It's to reunify kids with their families. And that's what we want. I mean, the best case scenario would be for these boys to go back with their mom. Yes. Right. And so she's going to work towards that. Yeah. You and know? everybody in the foster care system is working towards reunification. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We as foster parents are coming in, and I think the danger is that we are coming in thinking that we're saviors. Mm-hmm. And we are going to come in and, like, we can give these kids so much, you know. And, um, and we're better. Yes. And that there is a big danger in that um, because, you know, you've got kids' attorneys, CASA, 
um, CPS workers, the parents, attorneys, parents, attorneys, like all of these people are moving in the direction of reunifying these kids with Mm -hmm. their families. Mm -hmm. And so I think us as foster parents have to be really careful when we walk into this system, are we helping to reunify these kids and doing the best that we can with what we have, even though that is painful, it is so, so painful. Um, or are we just coming in thinking that we're saviors and we're yeah. going to... I think that's a good word, too, for even, like, I'm not a foster parent, and I probably never will be a foster parent. It's just not where we think we're supposed to be. Um, and for anyone else that's listening that, you know, you may know friends that are foster parents and you're not, it's just the way that we address those foster parents as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because you could be like, man, and, you know, you would think, like, all these kids' parents are just the worst people in the world. They don't yeah. even deserve their kids, which... Of course, there's like extreme situations, sure. and that's why we had the system set up, and that's why there's adoption. But a lot of parents are just having a hard time, yep. and yeah. they need a little bit of help. And I yep. think that's okay, yep. you know. Yeah, and we too. want that. Um, you said something about when you thought like um, I'm going to get this kid that's just going to love me back and everything. I read a book by Mary Osteen. It's called Forever Mom: What to Expect When You're Adopting, and I think it comes out this fall. But she said something in there that, like, hit me. And I've been an adoptive parent for a long time. And she's like, one of the hardest things is, like, when you have a biological child, like, you, um, for the most part, you love them and they love you back. Mm-hmm. Like, you love them and they reciprocate. And then you get a child in that you love and love and they're not reciprocating. Mm-hmm. And we don't know how to, we don't know what to do with that. Mm-hmm. We don't. Mm-hmm. Because you get a baby and they just love you back and love you back. And then all of a sudden you get this child that's not. And when I was reading it, I was like, this is one of my biggest struggles with my kids. Yeah. Is just, how do I react when I love and they don't love back? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm mad. <clears throat> it's like, I'm loving you. You better love me. You yeah. know, in my worst moments, I think... I don't even want to show you any more love because you're not loving me back. Oh, yeah. I mean, I had one of those moments this weekend. I was really frustrated. I'm like, you are so ungrateful mm-hmm. for what I have given you, mm-hmm. you know? I'm like, I just at least want you to be grateful. And then I was like, oh, geez, why? Then what does that say about my heart? Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, am I doing this to feel loved and appreciated mm-hmm. or to feel praised or, um, you know, it was, it was, yeah. I mean, I had one of those yeah. ugly moments this weekend. With don't beat yourself oldest. up too bad. All kids are ungrateful. <laughs> These kids. It's true. I'm like, I, I give you a house, three meals a day, and this is all you give me? <laughs> yep. Yeah. No, yep. but it is true. Like, I'm just like, I've always had to, I've had to check my heart a lot recently of just like, man, it's hard for you to show me love. Yeah. And I mean, I have to go back and be reminded that that is what we do to the mm-hmm. Lord. Oh like, my gosh. He poured out his love unconditionally, died on the cross for us. And some days we're like, meh. Okay. Yeah. I'd rather have this. Mm-hmm. And yet he doesn't ever just be like, I'm done loving yep. you then. He's yeah. not like, you are ungrateful. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'm done with you. Yeah. He keeps coming. And, and I think our pictures of love are different. Like sometimes the love that we have in our minds that we're like, why wouldn't you love me back? Like we have experienced love in our family. Most of us, we mm-hmm. have experienced a loving whole home for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I think like, I mean, with other kids, like, their idea of love is not what ours is, you know, like their idea of love might be something that was traumatic for them, you Mm -hmm. know? And so we expect them to love the way that we've been loved. Like they can't, they can't do that. They literally cannot do that. Yeah, I know. And then you get these moments. Like last night I was tucking Amos in and, um, he just was like rubbing my face. (laughs) And for a second I was like, Oh my gosh, stop touching me. Not because it was him or it was just like at the end of the day, stop touching me children. But he was just like rubbing my face. And then he looked at me in the eyes. He said, I'm so glad you're my mom. Oh my gosh. And I was like, 
Oh, buddy. Because I tell him all the time, I'm so glad you're my son. Yeah. And he's just like, okay, whatever. And yeah. so I was like, oh, That's cool. You love me. Yeah. <laughs> Which I know he does. Um, okay, Mara. So the boys went back with mom. Yes, they did. Awesome. Yes. And then so now you got another call. Yes, we did. For two little girls. Yes. Um, they, so we got a call and first of all, we never set ourselves up to be a sibling group, foster family. <laughs> like, it's not a box you check for no, a question I'm asking. we wanted one and this is our Oh, weird, me too. Yes, me I know. Um, it's like they're a little pushy over there. <laughs> they know, they know who the nice ones are. Yeah. Uh-huh. They're like, oh. yeah. Um, and so we got a call and we really, you know, wanted one and, but I called Steven and literally you have like 30 minutes to make up your mind yep. on whether you're going to take this placement or not. And so I called him and he's at work in the middle of work and I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I need to ask you something. And, you know, we just, I mean, whew, like the beautiful thing is he works in a church office and so he can walk down the hall and go seek some amazing counsel from godly men. And that's what he did. And um, we didn't know whether to say yes or not or not to this because we felt like it might be a little more than we can handle um, one was three and one was 11 months. And so we were like, I just don't know. We'll have four kids. And so, um, but you know, what was really cool about that is, uh, one of his friends in the office looked at him and said, can you imagine yourself saying no? And Stephen was like, I, I really can't. Mm-hmm. I, I'm scared to say yes, but I can't imagine myself saying no. And we knew that that was our answer. Mm-hmm. And so they came to our house and it was really late at night. And um, went out to the car to get him and it was really dark. So I got the car seat with the 11 month old and brought her back. I was the first one back in the house and I sat her, I sat on my couch and I sat her down on the floor and she was in her car seat and I just, she was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my mm. life. And I was like, Oh my word, I'm in trouble. <laughs> I'm in big trouble. And we just, those girls, we fell in love the moment they walked into our house that night. Um, and so it was, it was really sweet. Was, we were really attached. And so the girls were with you for how long? They're only with us for like 40 days. Okay. That's yeah. a long time. Yeah. I mean, 40 days. And we're recording this on the 23rd, Tuesday the 23rd, and they went home the 13th, they last went home Saturday? Saturday, yes. Saturday the 13th. Yeah. So it's been 10 days. Yeah. Okay. And tell me, real quick, I just want to know... You know, everyone's like, I'd be so attached and, you know, you're moving forward, you're 10 days, you're 10 days later and you're going to get placed with more kids and yeah. a couple of weeks you'll be open again. Yeah. What was that day like? Dropping them off? Uh-huh. Um, it was, I think, kind of double-edged, like a double-edged sword. Um, you know, the grandparents really stepped up to the table and actually the girls had two older siblings that were five and six years old. And so the grandparents volunteered and said, we'll take them. And so the grandparents mm-hmm. took all four kids, which, y'all, that is amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, amazing. And they're not, like, spring chickens mm-hmm. either. And so it was it was really amazing. And so I knew how much the girls had missed mom and dad and missed their family. They're a huge family that is very tight-knit. And it seemed like mom and dad had made some bad choices. And um, But the rest of the family, like, they're very close, you can tell. And so the grandparents stepped up to take the kids. And so on one hand, I had this, this like enormous joy for them Mm -hmm. to be able to go home and be with family, you know? And I mean, they're so excited about it. Um, and then on the other side of it, I could not imagine putting them in a car and never seeing them again. Mm -hmm. Um, 
it's still really hard. Um, and so it was just this paradox of feelings that I was just like, I can't, I want to be for their family, but I absolutely love these girls. Like I love my boys. And so it was really difficult and it's still fresh, you know, like most days I'm fine, you know, and then something will trigger it and then Mm -hmm. I'm weeping, you know? And so, um, we love them and we're very, very, very attached to them. And so, but we are also very excited for the fact that they're with their family, mm-hmm. you know. Tell me real quick, just, I heard you and Stephen talk about this um, the other day about, you know, as the church, as Christ followers, what what did the family, when you brought their girls back to them, mm-hmm. what, what, what was their sense in you guys? Um, and I say as a church and Christ followers, because I feel like, it was a represent. Y- y'all were a representation of the gospel that day. What was that like? What was their reaction to you, the family? Um, I think that they could see the pain. That was all. I mean, we we're literally loading their suitcases into the car, weeping like mm-hmm. just. I couldn't hold it back, and I was just crying. And I was able just to look them in the eyes and say, "These are amazing kids. Like you have amazing kids in your family." And they are looking back at me going, I know they're amazing. You know, like this is why we fought so hard for them because we know they're amazing. And so, um, you know, you can look at each other and I think like eyes go so far. I mean, there wasn't a ton of words, but I mean, I, the uncle just like, it was the dad's brother. He shook our hands and just looked us in the eyes and, and like had tears in his eyes. And you could just tell, he was like, thank you so much. Like, thank mm-hmm. you so much. And I just wanted them to know that they were loved, like that they were absolutely loved um, like crazy from the moment they saw, they stepped in our, and wouldn't you want that for your kids mm-hmm. to know that mm-hmm. like a family loved your kids when they've been in mm-hmm. like a really tough spot. And yeah. so they were extremely grateful um, and they saw the pain that, that we had, you yeah. know, like sending them mm-hmm. back. So. Well, I think it's just beautiful. Like I told you, those girls, there'll be a place in your heart for them forever. Forever. I mean, when... When they're older and when August is graduate, you'll be like, oh, I wonder what they're doing. And you will always, always remember them. Yeah. We had a, um, we hosted a medical child one time and she was here uh, for nine weeks. And I love that little girl. I mean, she is still, I have her picture by my bedside and like, yeah. then a small one of my kids. Like, she's just like, she was so special to me and mm-hmm. so dear to me. I just loved her so much. And she was never going to be my child, you know, and I didn't want that, you know, she had a mom and a dad that loved her dearly. Um, But I always will remember her, you know, and I think that you always remember Mm -hmm. those girls. Yeah. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and we've already talked about this this book a little bit, but the middle mom, I love like just reading her, her journey in this because she wept so many tears of her kids that she had in her house and loved them with her whole heart and then sent them back, Mm -hmm. you know, and like. I think that, because, you know, for me, I'm like, well, how many tears do I have in me? Oh, my gosh. Like, how long can I keep doing (laughs) this? You know, and this woman fostered, like, over 40 kids. Mm -hmm. I think. I'm not done with the book. Um, But, I mean, I think that she fostered over 40 kids. And I'm like, how do you just keep doing this, Mm -hmm. you know? But I think, like, that's a time where we can go um, back to Scripture. And, I mean, like, in Isaiah 58, it says that, like, he will meet us in our scorched place. And, you know, like, right now in my heart, there's parts of my heart that feel scorched Mm -hmm. because... I have literally poured myself out for these kids and they are gone. Mm-hmm. Like I probably will never see them again, but I have to believe that like when we do those things, when we love kids in hard places that like he is going to like 
bring like he's gonna bring peace to our hearts he's gonna like we will be like a well-watered garden Mm -hmm. when we pour ourselves out for these kids who need Mm -hmm. these things and you know what most days like I'm fine and I and I can look in the mirror and be like I'm okay Mm -hmm. you know like I I'm really okay I'm fine I do cry some you know and like but I'm okay and wasn't it worth it to pour myself out like for these kids and love these kids like I'm an adult I'm fine Mm -hmm. you know and so I can do this and um I just have to believe that God's going to keep restoring me. Mm-hmm. You know, when I am stepping out there and doing things for the gospel, I have to really believe that he's going to restore mm-hmm. me in that. Yeah, and he will. I mean, his word says he's will. And if you believe that his word is true, then you know that he will. Also, I think, too, all the time I look at my life and I'm like, I'm trying to look at things through, like, an eternal perspective. Mm-hmm. And so, what, we're here for 80 years? Yeah. I mean, 80 years, that's it. And then we have an eternity of to spend. And so I always think, like, am I just going to live, like, this do I just want to live an easy life for 80 years? What yeah. will that, I will gain nothing by yeah. that, nothing. you know? And he says that if you lose your life, you'll gain. And so mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes it may not be a physical losing, but you're giving up stuff yeah. each time that you foster these kids. Yeah. You're giving up rights. You're giving up a normal family. You're giving up your time. You're giving up your ability to just call any babysitter you want. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're giving up a lot. Yeah. You had lice in your house. I did. <laughs> I don't like bugs. I know. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I just think like, you know, it's so worth it in yeah. the end, you know, and I think it's fun. You're on the other side and you can say that like, it's worth it. And so just encourage anyone that's thinking about it and thinking like, I don't know if I could put myself through it. Like just really try to view that through the gospel yeah. of like, you can, and you yeah. can because I'm not strong enough to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Maris, Becca, y'all are not strong enough right. in your own strength. It's not It's not a just pull yourself up by your bootstraps type of thing and face another day. Yeah. You know, it's only through God helping you. Yeah. Can you even yeah. think about doing that? Yeah. yeah, that was actually one of the most helpful things someone said to me when I was really, uh, were several times I've been really struggling with the boys. But right after they'd moved in, I was like, I can't do this, you know, mm-hmm. and it was really hard because everyone's like praising you. You're so awesome. You're I can't believe you're, you're taking teenagers. An you're awesome a saint. Person. And I was like, no, I'm not. <laughs> and I remember like sending out like emails of desperation asking like y'all for prayer and stuff like that. And um, mm-hmm. someone replied back. They're like, you're going to make it. And I was like, no, I'm pretty sure I'm not. <laughs> but she said, not because you're going to be a better parent, not because they're going to get to be better kids, but because he's got you. Yeah. And uh, he doesn't let go. And that has stuck with me. Mm-hmm. Like, I still cling to that because parenting teenagers is a whole other challenge. Oh, and, um, and there are days I'm like, I am not going to make it. And then, mm-hmm. you know, or this hasn't gotten easier. I mean, I look at that, but I'm like, no, there's enough grace for today. Yeah. He's got me today and he's not going to let go. Yeah. And, um, and that has been the biggest, uh, you know, as, as, you, as you look at all the things that it costs, you know, we literally come to the end of ourselves. And I think... That's one of the lessons the Lord's taught me the most is I've been, I've, I consider myself a pretty strong go-getter. I'm, you know, I have all these talents and he has brought me to the end of all that. It's like, it's only through me. Yeah. You're only going to make it because oh. I've got you. Yeah. yeah. So. I thought marriage, um, like brought out, like exposed my sin. And then I thought having kids exposed my sin. And then I adopted kids and I was like, whoa, I am so awful. Yeah. Like it is yeah. just like, yeah. I'm like a blaring red button. Everybody look at my sin yeah. with kids. Yeah. yeah. Like especially kids in hard places. Yeah. yeah. Mm. It's a different, you know, and I think there's a lot of times that I feel like a failure, you know, like, mm-hmm. I mean, even August, like if you do any like Karen Purvis research, he is kind of from a hard place too, because he was removed from his mom at birth and there are traumatic effects that happen in the brain. And he does not respond the way that like that Wyatt, response Mm -hmm. in certain situations and so there's a lot of times that I feel like I just a failure of like 
gosh, what if we, you know, like he responds so differently, you know, and even with our foster boys, it was like, what am I not doing right that he would respond this way? Like, I don't understand. And, and I think it's just different. It's different parenting, Mm -hmm. like these kids and, you know, cute little, I mean, and I'm not saying like all biological kids are like easy. That's not true, you know, but it's hard and it will Mm -hmm. make you like pray a lot Mm -hmm. more and trust God that with their salvation, because it's not through our parenting that our kids are getting saved. Like it's not because we're doing right things that our kids are great kids. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it is God leading them and God is the one that's in control Mm -hmm. of their salvation. I love that. Um, a friend of mine, his name's Jason Johnson and, um, he works with foster care stuff and he wrote a blog recently called 10 simple ways your church can serve foster families. I know y'all both seen this, but let's go through this real quick. And I just want to tell you like what this, I want you to like express what has this meant to you? And, you know, I feel as though, um, our church that we attend, all three of us, um, does a great job of coming alongside foster families. I feel like they have come, we have just as a church body come so far, Mm -hmm. you know, and I love it. I love it so much. Okay. Number one is organize a meal calendar. Oh, amen. Lord. I'm so thankful (laughs) for that. Oh my gosh. Because the last thing you want to do after you've been parenting kids from hard places is think about cooking. Yep. Yep. And they're, yeah. And then you you had to figure out like mine, they came to me 11, 14. So they already had what they liked, what Mm -hmm. they didn't like, what they used to eat, what they now eat. Like, and it's so exhausting. Uh, So to have a meal show up on your doorstep is the biggest blessing. So nice. I love to organize a meal calendar. I know, and you've done many for me. <laughs> I don't like I don't like to make meals, but I like to organize <laughs> no, I them. I love it. Hey, that's okay. So there's all kinds of parts in the body that work well together. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Mine don't work well in the kitchen. Okay, schedule lawn care. Have any of y'all had anyone do lawn for you? Uh, I didn't, but that's because I immediately put my boys to work. Because you had lawn. Two, <laughs> two yeah. boys. Well, number one, we're going to yes. learn how to mow the yard and use some of that energy for good I like things. that. Yes. So. What about y'all? Anyone done your lawn? I mean, we've had friends that have done our lawn in the past, but I don't know if it's because of foster care. I mean, okay. we just basically don't water our grass and let it die. And a, so, well, it doesn't rain here in Austin. Yeah, it's yeah. not allowed to water either. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Except on every third Thursday, it's maybe. Like, <laughs> for odd number of yeah. houses. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, certified babysitters. Oh Lord. Yeah. That is actually one of the hugest blessings. You know, obviously I'm single, so I did not have any way to have a break without, um, certified babysitters. But, um, <clears throat> there was a missional community in our church, like a small group that was all, not all of them, but majority of them licensed to be babysitters. And one of them happened to be one of my good friends. And so they had already been working with the boys previously before they moved in with me. And so that was actually one of the things that it's kind of a selling point for me that mm-hmm. I knew that I was already getting to be babysitters uh, with the boys, but that was huge. I mean, I things for work, things for you know, just a night out with uh, friends. I I needed um, people to help with that, and, and then the not too long after the boys moved in, several of my friends did a a training because they wanted to be able to help with the boys, mm-hmm. and so. Um, that is huge. Yeah. A yeah. huge. I mean, what huge people help. don't know is that when you have foster kids in your family, in your home, you can't just call your regular babysitter. No. They have to be certified. And every agency is differently. Yeah. Because Erin and I are certified for another one, mm-hmm. but not the one that you guys are with. And yeah. so it's just kind of like, and they have different levels of what you have to do. Yep. Yeah. And then people can even go further and get certified to do respite care. Yes. Which is where the kids can stay like 70. Uh, no, I think respite care is up to two. Two weeks. weeks. I can't remember. Okay. So I think I think babysitting. There's like like Jamie said it. Every 
organization is different, but like babysitting is like 24 hours and there's like family care that's like 48 hours or 72 or something. And then respite is up to two weeks, I yeah. think. So if you wanted to go on a trip that you couldn't take your mm -hmm. kids on, yeah, because uh, sometimes they can't leave the state with yeah. it and that kind of stuff, um, you know, or if you need to get, to get away uh, yeah. for a weekend or whatever. Yeah. yeah. We have a couple that serves us um, faithfully in that they're dating and um, they just love us. And I think they are just sent from the Lord and um, they just serve us so mm -hmm. faithfully. Mm -hmm. And that, and they're, and I feel like they're really our only babysitters and um, it's hard because I don't want to bleed them dry mm -hmm. um, because they serve us. Like, so, I mean, literally we would go on a date and come home and, you know, the guys in the kitchen, like cleaning my dishes. And it's just, it's just like, it blows me away so much. Like, because I feel like, and you know, they're invested too. When, when our girls left, they were bawling. They missed them too, you know? And so they were just as invested um, because they spent so much time with them. And so, um, yeah, but, um, babysitters are hard. And yeah. there's a lot of things that Steven got to go to that I didn't. And mm -hmm. I mean, that got, got to use that in my life because I was like, awesome. I'm going to stay here and clean the kitchen and like, um, keep changing diapers and yep. put four kids to bed. Um, and home out lice. Yes, I know. <laughs> we have yet to have lice in our house. That's another subject. Uh, me too. Yeah. We is it, not. is it more prone with girls? I mean, they have more hair. Cause I, I was going to say, yeah. yeah. And then your boys haven't had it ever. No, no. And it's hard. Please Lord. <laughs> and I heard that someone can correct me here. I heard that it's not common and it's not very easy for black people to get lice. That's what I've heard too. Really? So story. Cause I mean, I, like if you have a boy, just shave their head. Yeah. yeah. You know, Yeah. like I've already told Caden that, although we probably wouldn't cause he has this long, pretty hair sure. yeah. and he would just die. Yeah. Uh, anyhow, enough about lice. Okay. And this next one, this is interesting. <laughs> and Becca, I want to know what you think about this since you're like children's <clears throat> minister. Dur yeah, direct, pastor, whatever, director, director. Conduct dedication ceremonies. And Jason says, most parent, most churches celebrate parent-child dedication during the year, but do the same for foster families when they bring a new placement, pray for them in front of the church. That's a little different in our church. Yeah. We, we go to a pretty large church. Um, but I can see a smaller, like maybe a um, missional community doing yep. that or a smaller gathering. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would say... Yeah, I think that would be awesome to do in your home. Yeah. Um, you know, I've had families ask me if we they could do it at the church, mm -hmm. and I've always said yes. Um, the only thing I do is I think because of my boys, like if I did that, um, they would have been mortified if I, <laughs> if I brought them up. You know, I even teased them that after adoption, I was going to do a parent child uh -huh. dedication with just them. Did they get the little Bible. Yeah, we could give them a Jesus it. story Bible too, and uh, you know. Um, but I always think just, you know, the, especially, you know, like your first set of kids, Maris was older, mm -hmm. just being aware, like if you're going to bring that older child who's very aware of what's going on right. up on the stage, that yeah. may not be a blessing. To no, them. that's mortified. going to be a mortifying traumatic mm -hmm. experience yeah. for them. They don't, pro they probably don't want to be there. They won't. Yeah. So I think, you know, if churches want to do that, I think in a smaller setting uh -huh. is the perfect place to do it. And just be aware that if you have an older kid who's very aware of what's going on, it yeah. could be, it could yeah. be actually traumatic, not yeah. a blessing to them. It'd be a blessing to the parents. And commissioning them, but be aware of how involved mm -hmm. the kid, yeah. the older kids yeah. are. Yeah. I remember though when Fedna was here with us, and we would sit through baby dedications, and she was three. I mean, she totally could have done that. I just remember like I would pray like over her during mm -hmm. that because mm -hmm. I knew she was going home with her family, and I would just pray for her salvation and for her family yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, then he said host date night child care. Which is where, like, a, there could be a larger gathering. Yeah. I think our church does something like we're, that. We're working on it, actually. Okay. We are currently working on just making sure everybody's faces are covered and properly mm -hmm, trained sure. and that stuff. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. We're um, that deliver care packages. 
So I know both of y'all have seen this happen. Mm-hmm. You know, you ha- you find out a child's going to be there in an hour, and oh, you're yeah. like, especially for you, or yeah. I mean, yeah. even teenage boys. I mean, the same reality, baby and teenage boys. Those yeah. are both things that like I would not have anything in my house right yeah. now for. Um, have y'all that gone on for y'all? Yeah, I mean, um, we did. We got. I asked for a lot of gift cards because mm-hmm. I knew the boys would have an opinion. Of yeah, what they, you know, like some people want to do a shower, which for some age kids I think is great. Uh-huh. Uh, but I knew my boys would liked what they liked already yeah. and wanted what they wanted. And so people gave us gift cards <clears throat> or checks even yeah. and was like, hey, go buy them new shoes. Go buy them uh-huh. new yeah. this or whatever. Pick out bedding that they like, um, that kind of stuff. That just helped make their room their, their place. Yeah. Yeah. I had people donate money for a trampoline, for a basketball goal, that kind of stuff to just help make our house a teenage boy house. Yeah. Because you, know? you had nothing. Yeah. 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 We didn't have any girl stuff, and this time around, we are asking um, for only girls. And so, um, and you can do that, by the way. You can specify yeah, you what can you specify. Yeah. Um, And so, we had no girl stuff. Um, and then our age range, you know, we could have a three-year-old or we could have a three-day-old. And so, there's kind of a span on what you need in that. And so, um, now I'm now I have like a stockpile that I'm building, you know. But I mean. And CPS seems to call so quickly, and you're like, and they're like, oh, they're coming in two hours. Great. I not only have to clean my house and get that ready, as I need diapers and wipes and formula, and what I don't even know what formula they're on, and all of that. And I think, I mean, there was one night in particular that I literally had like people clean my kitchen. Jimmy Ingram is vacuuming my carpet, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like in my living room, like, um, I don't know, like Annie Lent was there. Kim brought over like a ton of stuff. She just went to Target mm-hmm. and just started buying yeah. girl stuff, you know, and Jamie had my kids. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it was just like, oh my word. Like, and I'm just trying not to freak out because mm-hmm. we have two new kids coming to our house yep. that night and I'm trying to do things and get stuff organized. And so it was just like, that is a great way that community can just, because yeah. I'm telling you, it, those phone calls come and it's like, oh, by the way, like. I mean, it just, it seems to happen so fast when yeah. you say yes, you know, yeah. so. Yeah. yeah. Any, just any kind of thing that you can drop off. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, and you said the house cleaning. I had people come over to my house and clean or pay to have someone come clean. Oh, house. I that, like that was a huge blessing. That's good. Too, um, to have the house yeah. cleaned. So. Yeah. Yeah. And he said, sock the pantry, you know, bring stuff over that they could use. Yep. Yeah. We had so many people that brought meals that I remember... Um, our good friends, the Lundines came over and brought us a meal and then there was like two or three bags of groceries with it, you know, yeah. and I, I think mm-hmm. the stewards have done that too. Just so sweet and thoughtful of like, Hey, we just grabbed some extra stuff, yeah. you know, yeah. just in case you need it. Yeah. So. That's good. And then he says, build a respite care team where people can help serve, facilitate support groups, and then just pray for them, you know? And I think too, I would say for like, if you're supporting someone who's going through that and y'all can speak into this cause you've both been through it, but even just as an adoptive mom, um, you know, there's a lot of things about my kid's story that I don't need to tell anyone yeah. and they don't need to know. And I'll never say to anyone. Yeah. And so I would just say, if, you know, to people that are listening, if you have people that are even adopting or going through foster care, just to be cautious about what you ask and it doesn't matter to you at all. Yeah. You know, it's none of your yeah. business, yeah. but they may not want to say it's none of your business. So just don't ask. Yeah. Yeah. Right, I, I think I think that's right. I think uh, you know, especially mine. I was more sensitive because they were mm-hmm. older. Yeah, and people care, you know. Uh-huh. And then and being on staff at a church, everybody knew what was happening. Yeah. So I even feel like when we rolled into church on Sunday, everybody was like eyes wide, you know, <laughs> like that's them, you know. And I was like, try to be normal. Like, <laughs> they already feel like they now know they're in the spotlight, and um, yeah. And then 
you know, not having someone come up and ask, so what happened? Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Or whatever is, yeah, just, it's hard. It is. Um, but it is possible. It is. Yeah. Know. Yeah. So good. Yeah. And I think for people to like, when you start from the mentality of like, we're going to love even having a heart for foster parents who might have done the most, like the worst things that you could ever imagine, mm-hmm. you know, like, but I think always keeping it in check with, you know what, my sin's pretty bad too, yeah. you know, and like coming from that standpoint of like not demonizing foster, I mean, um, biological, biological parents. parents. Uh, yeah. Sorry. I don't know if I said that right, but not demonizing biological parents. Um, and it is hard to swallow sometimes when you start having crazy love for kids that are in your house. Like when you know what they've come from, it's hard to swallow that. And I think already you, you're as a foster parent dealing with some of that, um, and coaching yourself mm-hmm. through your own sin. And so, um, I, and that's, you're right. I mean, I don't, I didn't tell a lot of people like what the girls have been through, mm-hmm. you know, um, because it's not something that I really want to share about them. And, um, I care about their family and I want them to like, I want to see them restored, yeah. you know? And it's not your story to tell. It's yeah. not it's their yeah. story and they're three, you know? Yeah. Y'all, this- Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. This has been wonderful. Thank you for being vulnerable and sharing your story. Of course. The Middle Mom by Christine Irwin. I will put anything that we talked about or mentioned, I'll put a link on my webpage, jamieivy.com. And thank you, Becca. Thank you, Maris. We're going to end with a little fight song. Oh, <laughs> Everybody get your horns up. Do I have to sing this? Because I don't know it. Till Gabriel blows his That's horn. That's the only part that I know. The eyes of Texas are upon you all the live long day. Come on, Maris. The eyes of Texas are upon you. You cannot get away. Ready? Don't you think, think you, you can't, can't escape, escape them? At night, early in the morning, here we go. The eyes of Texas are upon you till Gabriel blows his horn. So I'm still an Alabama fan, so there you go. <laughs> oh, I haven't been. Oh, I did go to the first Texas game. Yeah. All right. Okay. <laughs> Y'all, have a good day. Thanks for joining me on the happy hour. Yeah, it was great being here. It's great. I hope it's a happy hour. Can I have a mug now? Yeah, I have these mugs. You can't. (laughs) I'll I'll put a link to it, but it says happy hour. You can, they're for sale. It's just, you know, one of those links where you can make your own Uh t-shirts. Yeah. I made myself a mug. And every time I interview someone, I drink out of it because it makes me feel professional. Oh, I thought like you were going to say anytime you interview someone, you, you give, give them, them a mug. I, that's my, I want to do that. 
Okay. Like 15 bucks each. What am I? Like, 15? I know. Oh, my goodness. That's like I can't afford moment. to give everybody one. <laughs> you know what? This is a cool item, though, and it's something I think I want to invest into. Happy so. hour, Jamie. I, mean, I think that everyone should go buy one of these I mugs. Think so too. Yeah. Where do you, where, what website we go to? I'll link to You'll it. You'll link to it? Okay. All right, perfect. I'll link to it. I can't even think of it off the top of my head. But, I mean, aren't they cute? They are so they are cute. Fun. Everyone okay. needs one. Okay. All right. Bye, y'all. See you next week. <laughs> Bye. Hey guys, I told you you would love Beckett and Maris, and I cannot believe that I that I just thoroughly embarrassed myself by singing The Eyes of Texas Are Upon Us for all of you to listen to. But anyhow, I hope you enjoyed our podcast today. I really loved Maris and Becca's vulnerability with you and how they expressed how they have, their journey has been full of joy and their journey has been hard. And so I hope that that blessed you today. If you're thinking about foster care, I encourage you to find someone that's walked through this and talk with them about it. I am giving away a copy of Forever Mom by Mary Osteen. And if you go to my blog, jamieivy.com, it is super easy to enter. I'm just going to ask that you like a Facebook page, and then I'll enter you. And then I'm going to give away this book. And I really enjoyed this book. I read it this summer by Mary, and she does a great job of really showing you um, the real picture of adoption. And so also super exciting, random personal plug here. This is kind of weird. But I endorsed this book, and it was my very first book to ever endorse. So I'm happy about that. That was fun. I want to say also thank you to someone who left a comment on iTunes. And she said, my gravy, I just found this happy hour. And I tell you, it's the happiest of all the hours. I have been binge listening to Jamie and her friends ever since I found it. Jamie is fun, joy-filled, and she so easily invites her listeners to join in with the conversation. A must when you're home alone with the littles all day. This is from Meg Clark. Meg, thank you so much. And I love that you said my gravy. How fun is that? Guys, thanks for listening. Thank you for leaving comments on iTunes. Thanks for sharing with your friends. And I just hope that you enjoyed this hour. I hope it was happy. And if anything, I sing The Eyes of Texas Are Upon You. And so that has to start your day out well. Head on over to my blog, jamieivy.com. Enter to win this book. If not for you, give it to a friend that you know that's in the adoption process or that has adopted. Or if you're thinking about adopted, it's a great book to check out. Until next week, guys. Have a great week. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.